When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable Sands. Bo Brock today's got the day off. We are here at BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great Lawn State Farm Stadium. Immaculate vibes just two and a half weeks away from the start of Arizona Cardinal training camp 2023. And I said, you know what? Five questions posing this franchise. I got to bring in the expert PHNX Cardinals beat reporter Howard Bolzer joins the show today. Howard, how are you doing, my friend? Johnny V, I'm doing great. Hope you're doing well there. Uh, great, great, uh, great scene there at the Bet, M- Bet MGM. And like you said, 18 days, 18 days until the players report right there at State Farm Stadium for the start of training camp. It's unbelievable. Like this video, we already got some peeps in the chats. Michael Evans, happy Friday, gals and guys. Ben Court, question number one, when is Kyler coming back? It's like, Ben, you read my mind. Here is question number one. I'm going to pose it to Howard Balzer. It's on the screen. Question number one ahead of training camp 2023. Will Kyler Murray participate at all during training camp? Howard, I want to pose that to you. We're going to see K1. We saw him at minicamp. Kudos to him. He's been in everything this offseason. He's working his butt off to come back from an ACL tear. What kind of participation, if any, do you expect from the franchise quarterback during training camp? That's the big question as we look to see how the Cardinals will decide to handle this. I think he should participate in whatever he's capable of doing in training camp rather than going on the physically unable to perform list. Because if he's on that, you can't do anything except conditioning and work out on the side. And to me, as long as he's physically capable, and that's up to the doctors, then let him do some walkthroughs. Let him do whatever he can possibly do to get some reps and to get some time with this new offense. Because the bottom line is if you put him on PUP, then do do you keep him on that at the start of the season? If you do that, he has to miss four games and he can't practice. And so how do you then get him ready for whatever point it is that he's ready to play? So I think that's that's the biggest question around him is when he starts doing things in practice. I can't say that he will, but I definitely think he should. And I'm, I'll be very interested to see how the Cardinals handle that roster decision when camp opens. It just it feels counterproductive not to have him involved, especially Howard. This is not Cliff Kingsbury's offense, which is he's commented in the past. He he mastered that offense as you know as frustrating and, and sometimes mundane as that offense was. Kyler and Cliff were of the same mindset last year. He wasn't doing a lot. The contract situation was on everybody's mind this year. He's got to learn Drew Petzing's offense and an offense that, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, NFL teams run around the league, but at the same time, there, there is a steep learning curve with that. And the more mental reps and a little bit of physical reps that he could get during training camp would bow well for him. Now, Howard, I want to ask you this because, you know, Kyle Odegaard and others, specifically Kyle had reported compared to bet that, You know, Kyler Murray is pushing for a a quick and fast return, which is not a surprise. I mean, you look at the timetable of his ACL tear, and I know a lot of people, national media, are quick to say 9 to 12 months. There's the fallacy, in my opinion, he's going to miss all of 2023. But then you look at guys like Robert Griffin III, Joe Burrow, who tore their ACLs right around the same time. Von Miller tore his ACL last year. They all are expected back or were expected back right around the start of the season. So I'm not surprised that Kyler Murray is pushing for a fast return. Do you think that benefits Kyler and the Cardinals to see if he can give it a go sometime in September? Or do you understand Gannon and Osenford's motives? Like, you know, we're just going to kind of take a wait and see approach. Well, I think a lot of it is what do the doctors say? And I think that it's good that Kyler wants to be back on the field, champing at the bit. Hey, every time we asked Jonathan Gannon that, 
during the offseason, he said, hey, Kyler wants to be out there. Kyler wants to be out there. But he's not going to be out there until he's absolutely ready. And so that's that's the key, really, uh, to all this, especially because of his skill set of being, you know, being able of being able to run. And so I think that that's why it's important, as we said, to, to get him out there and do some things. I, I've never bought into that whole 12 month thing. So yeah. sometimes people say that you don't really feel yourself until about uh, 12 months. But, you know, the start of training camp is right around the eight month mark of when he had that surgery. And most of the doctors that I talked to all said that, you know, he could be back, you know, per, you know, perhaps between eight and nine months since the surgery. Now, again, the key is how ready is he to play, not only physically, but mentally. And like you said, with learning that new offense. So it's not only about learning, and it's not only about learning it. He's been there for mental reps. He's been in the meetings all throughout, uh, you know, preseason. But Colt McCoy talked about it during minicamp. With all the offenses he's been involved with, he said, this is one of a, a lot of different things that I have never seen. And so yeah. that's where the OTAs and minicamp were a big part of getting out in the field and making the mistakes that you might make then rather than making in games. So, you know, it's all a part of that progression and the Cardinals are smart. Don't put him out there until he's physically ready. And a lot of that, you know, we talk about Joe Burrow, you know, quarterback, I mean, his game of scrambling and running and and all that, that, that's obviously a big part of what makes him so special as a quarterback. And so, it's one thing to want to be out there. It's another thing to really have in your mind that I can do everything that I possibly can do. You know, the other quick part of it, Johnny, is that it's not only learning the offense and running it and all that. It's also working with some of the new guys. Yeah. The offense. And you have Zach Pascal, a receiver he hasn't played with. Uh, Michael Wilson, the rookie the receiver. He has to get comfortable with him along with, you know, the other guys that he does have experience with. So all those things have to come at the right pace, but the fact that he's working hard to get there, obviously, is a huge positive. And then the team, I think, though, the team will make the decision when, when they think it makes the most sense to get him out there and actually play in a game. Yeah, I've argued with Bo Howard that I think there's a finite window enable to bring Kyler Murray back for the season. And if you don't hit that window, Austin Ford and Gannon, I, I don't think there's a purpose to bring him back. And what I mean by that is, I think September and October should be fair game. Whenever Kyler and the medical staff and the coaching staff agree that he's able to come back, September and October work for me that works for Cardinal fans. You get into November and December for a team that's thin at a lot of key positions. We don't know the state of the offensive line late into 2023. If this team's struggling, and hypothetically they're significantly under 500, and they're looking ahead already to next spring and the NFL draft, I don't know the benefit of bringing back Kyler Murray to a team that that otherwise wouldn't be competitive. I think you've got a finite window from the start of the season till the end of October, seven to eight weeks to say, okay, this is the time frame we're going to see when he's ready to go and ramp it up. Because I, I do think, Howard, that he's going to be able – and this is kind of cliche to say, to play from the pocket come the start of the season. We've talked to numerous medical experts in preparation for our show that say, well, Kyler Murray could sit in the pocket and make throws, but could he do all the Kyler Murray-esque type of things outside the pocket? And I would argue, Howard, you're paying him $45 million. He wants to be known as a pocket passer. I think he's fantastic when he's kept upright in the pocket. A good coaching staff. Drew Petsy and Jonathan Gannon ought to be able to say, we can formulate our offense for K-1 to stand in the pocket and make throws and then go down when necessary. I don't need all the bells and whistles out of the gate because I think Kyler Murray, 80% from the pocket, is significantly better than anything else they have in that quarterback room. Well, that's 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 probably true, and I don't disagree you know, with that part of it. I don't know about – I mean, when you get into a game, it's, it's you know, something, oh, just go right. down. But your natural inc- inclination, if you're it's getting rushed – that you want to scramble, you want to have some mobility, you want to avoid the pass rush because you also don't want to just get hit. And so I think that those those are all you know key aspects of it. So, you know, I, I can see if it if it was going to last until December, then you wonder, well, what's the gain there? But e- even if it's not at the end of October, it's early November. I, I still think there's a benefit of getting him on the field because if all of a sudden he went through a whole season without playing. And now you're wondering, well, what about next year? And then you're thinking, okay, what's he going to look like then? I, obviously, he'd be he'd be over it health wise, but he won't have had any experience or playing anything. 
on the field with this offense. And I think that would be key to have any kind of hope for 2024. So I, I think there's benefit in getting him out there. You don't want to subject them to tough things. The one point you made is a good one about the offensive line. If they feel the offensive line can protect them, and if they're able to run the ball the way they're planning to hope to run it, all of those things definitely can help by getting them out there. But bottom line is Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray. And I, I think, you know, scrambling or just get avoiding, avoiding trouble is, is, is something that you want him to, to really feel comfortable and be able to do. I'm going to put you on the spot, Howard. I've given my prediction. I think it happens mid-October. When do you think Kyler Murray, just as a, a guess out of thin air, when do you think Kyler Murray returns to the starting lineup for this team, the Arizona Cardinals in 2023? I think it's realistic that it could be uh, the middle of October. Might lean towards maybe, you know, the end of the month. And that, that's still, I mean, when you consider the season opens, what, September 10th? So by the end of October, we're still, you know, still have a bunch of games remaining that's right. uh, by then. So I, I, th- I think it will be by the by the end of the month. Uh, the middle might be a little early because you're talking there about maybe only missing four or five games. Right. That might be, you know, very, uh, very optimistic uh, thinking. If it happens, great. But, you know, once again, a big part of it is in that beginning of the season, let's say, he needs to be on the roster because you just don't throw him out there in a game, whenever it is, without having some practice uh, during the week. And the reality is when you're preparing for games, if, if, the, if you have a quarterback who's not going to play, he's not going to get that many reps with, you know, with the offense because you're, you're preparing your starter to play. So that's why this is you know, somewhat, I'm not going to say complicated, but yeah. it, it adds some layers of decision uh, to this about how you do, in fact, get him ready for whenever it is he's going to play that first game. Yeah, I think leading and feeding into the narrative that the Cardinals are not going to bring back Kyler Murray is the the state of the roster, Howard, and and how complacent they were during free agency. You know, they loaded up. They've got some nice talent in the draft. So that brings me to my second question ahead of training camp. Will Monty Austin Ford add impact to this roster? Will he make changes? Defensive line depth, which is right now maybe the weakest position group, not only on the Cardinals, but amongst the NFL's worst, they need a running back. Could they get somebody like a Kareem Hunt to back up James Conner? So, Howard, you look at the the landscape of this roster, and I I actually think the offensive line, coincidentally enough, has some, some quality depth. But, man, that defensive line is thin. James Conner, who we love, he's making $10 million, has been known to miss time. Yes. Uh, part of the preparation and getting Kyler Murray back on the field is making sure you have a stable supporting pe- cast to be able to support him. Do you think Austin Ford, who will be, by the way, equipped with a top waiver claim through training camp, so guys are getting cut, he's going to have an opportunity to add. Do you think he pulls the trigger? I, I think he will. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we see a running back before camp starts. In fact, right now, Johnny, they have three openings on yeah. the roster, which they've had for the last couple of weeks. There's no urgency to add to it now, but they're only at 88 players. And when I say three, someone say, hold 91. That includes tight end Bernard uh, Sykovitz. who yeah. doesn't count against the roster on an international exemption. But I was a little surprised they didn't add uh, to the running back core in the offseason. Uh, they did sign an undrafted free agent, but they've only got five running backs on the roster to go into uh, training camp. And I know they do like uh, Keontae Ingram as the backup to Connor. He, he, he played some last year, but not a whole lot. But And you still have some pretty good running backs out there. So I, I think that is something that they will do at some point. You know, the, the waiver claim thing, you know, when, when teams cut guys early in camp, well, those are guys who are fringe guys anyway. Right. And, and a lot of times that's just, you know, that's just the body. So, so guys like that could be, you know, added later when teams really start making the cuts. And, you know, one part about that is this year, Johnny, they're not having a graduated number of cuts where in the past few years, it went from 90, I think it was to 80 or 85, and then the 75 and then the 53. This year, only one cut to 53 on August 29th. So there will be cuts in the league, but there's no mandated where you see five to 10 guys on every team. Uh, being wa- you know, being put on waivers. So yeah, so I think running back will be a spot. Defensive line, I know they're 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 you know guys they signed in free agency, not big contracts, but guys who are hungry to play. You know, a guy like Carlos Watkins, who's played pretty solid with with the Cowboys. Uh, L.J. Collier, Collier, they're hoping that he uh, will contribute. One big question is Rashard Lawrence. Right. You know, here's a guy that whenever he's played, he's been a pretty solid player. 
But the problem is he's hardly ever on the field, and he wasn't on the field at all during OTAs or minicamp. But it, it definitely is a group that definitely needs depth. And I, I think they might wait a little bit to see how those guys are looking in training camp. But we might see a defensive lineman added to one of those three spots uh, that are open by the time camp opens in, in a little over two weeks. Yeah, I think they played their hand at running back well. I know that they liked some running backs during the draft, Howard. They had, goodness, three or four you know, top 30 pre-draft visits with running backs. And I guess the board didn't fall to their liking with like a Tank Bigsby or somebody like that. We've speculated. But you look at the plethora of running backs that are available ahead of training camp, guys who, in my opinion, probably others have, have overplayed their hands. Zeke Elliott, I don't think they're going to be in the market for he or Dalvin Cook, but there are some supplemental guys that they could target. I do think, though, the defensive line, uh, that this is where they're really going to need the most and the best out of Nick Rallis and Jonathan Gannon because we've talked about it at nauseum on the program, Howard, like, Steve Kime had a lot of faults, but one of his biggest was just could not supplement quality depth on the defensive line. He let Calais Campbell go. You know, he missed on Darius Fillon. Robert Kimdichie was a huge bust. And now you're looking at a defensive line, you know, with all due respect to Lecky Foto and Rashad Lawrence, they're, they're developmental rotational guys. They were fourth round picks for a reason. You know, Rashad Lawrence can't stay healthy. You let Zach Allen go, which again, I know a lot of people were up in arms about that. I didn't hate that move. But it really does feel like that that position group is going to be kind of band-aid, duct taped together until they can get into next offseason, barring some gem unfound during the 2023 season, because great teams just don't allow marquee defensive linemen to hit free agency. That's exactly right. And as much as we talk about how important an offensive line is for a team, defensive line is just as important. I mean, the old cliche, you win games in the trenches – and that's that, that that's not a cliche. It's true. And and that that's an area that, you know, the Cardinals, I, they need to be more physical. I mean, we all talk about the pass rush, obviously, and cornerback play and the passing game and, and how important that is for your defense. But if you can stop the run, then that helps. That should help the pass defense. And so stopping the run is going to be a real challenge for this team, unless some of these guys we've mentioned, uh, you know, step up. You know, they, they got a guy last year, you know, Ledbetter who had some played decent football when he was in there. Then he got hurt near the end of the season, and he didn't participate in OTAs or minicamps. So, you know, they've got a couple of override, you know, looming questions about, you know, some of those guys coming back uh, from injuries. But, you know, there's no, there's no question that they need to upgrade that group because if you can't stop the run, then you're just not going to be a very good defense. No, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a concern, especially as this team – you would assume is going to play from behind on certain Sundays, Howard. And then the other opposing offense is going to be able to line up and I formation 12 personnel. It's, it's a group that, that has to overachieve in my opinion, if the Cardinals are going to hang around, we'd love for you guys to come hang around bet MGM, the la the landscape, the sports book at the great lawn here at state farm stadium. Of course, the home of PHNX Cardinals each and every Sunday, this coming fall, myself, Howard Balzer, Bo Brock, we're going to be hanging out. Hopefully more PHNX, PHNX Cardinal personalities are going to stop by, but it's imperative that you come by and come and hang out with us. If you don't have tickets to the big game, come. Sportsbooks wide open, great lawn. We want to see you there. We want to see you on BetMGM, by the way, the app. It's super easy. Sign up with the promo code PHNX. Log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app. You can play the MLB play uh, free-to-play game all throughout the course of the summer through September 7th, be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone. You will not regret it. Depending on the area of the strike zone that you pick, you get a single, double, triple home run or a pop out. You're going to receive the prize associated with that type of hit. You got to use it or you lose it. It expires after 24 hours, but the fun doesn't expire on the BetMGM Sportsbook app. If you haven't signed up yet, Use that bonus code PHNX. Now, there's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona peeps in particular, place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you're using that bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details, and now listen to our guy Shane Diefebach talk about it in the disclaimer.
Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. I just mentioned the Cardinals lacking depth and maybe some quality pairings this fall. We've got the best pairing in the Valley. It's BetMGM and Four Peaks. We're just reminiscing on the Cardinals doing a job during the NFL draft and reminisce about our NFL draft show back in April. We had Howard Balzer, Bob Brock, and we were hanging out at Four Peaks Brewery in downtown Tempe. It's a staple of the Valley. You should check it out. Check out Four Peaks or Four Peaks Pub on Twitter. Keep up with the latest Arizona hometown brewery, Four Peaks. They're out here for teachers. Kids are back home for the summer. Let's thank a teacher every year. Four Peaks donates school supplies to teachers around the Valley. Tremendous, tremendous job. This year, they're giving away 11,000 cash grants to one lucky teacher. She's going to win or he's going to win a teacher's lounge renovation provided by Four Peaks. To thank a teacher, go to Four Peaks fourteachers.org uh, and complete the form. It's a form you got to enter to win and nominations are due soon. So be sure to keep touch base on that. We're back every first Wednesday of the month at Four Peaks. Uh, don't miss out. 21 and older. Drink responsibly. I've got Howard Balzer on here on a football Friday. Not too many more of these offseason Fridays, Howard, before we get saddled up for the 2023 NFL season. Didn't it feel like, I mean, the Cardinals, they couldn't stay out of the news in the worst way during the course of the 2022 season. And then we hit the offseason, and it was Austin Ford, right? And the coaching search took forever. Then Gannon shows up, and then all the other kind of extracurriculars with this team. This does feel like the first kind of downtime that we've had in like 18 months, does it not? Oh, it definitely is. And when you think about it, we're right now almost at the exact at the six-month mark. I think it was January 9th if I'm not mistaken, which was the Monday when the regular season that uh, ended. Yeah. Well, the, the regular season ended, obviously, the, the day before. And then the next day was with the press conference with the firing of Cliff Kingsbury and the announcement that Steve Kime was stepping away. So that was January 9th. Here we are, Jack, July 7th. So it's almost exactly six months. But it did go by fast. You know, obviously, the, the coaching hires, then free agency and, and watching – you know, all the one and one and two year contracts they signed, the draft and into OTAs and minicamp. And here we are. I, I call this deep breath time where you can just take a step back. Not a whole <laughs> lot happening throughout the entire NFL. In fact, Johnny, in the last week, aside from a handful of draft picks signing yeah. around the league, there's only been like transactions for a player signed or a player cut. There's been like a total of four player transactions in the last week. So it's, you know, it's a good time when, you know, it's, it's really the only time of the year where coaches and you know team personnel are on vac- take vacation because it has become such a you know 24 7 you know 365 league and so yes it, it is very quiet but that's obviously going to change uh, for the cardinals in a little over two weeks and you know heck i mean the, the jets rookies you know they, they the jets and the browns report early you know they re- they report uh, within you know almost within the next week or wow. about a week and a half uh, for the starts of their training camp because those two teams are playing in the Hall of Fame game and so yeah we're only four weeks away from the Hall of Fame weekend that's how you know that's how fast it's come up on us yeah I mean you mentioned it, 18 days away you know who else who else is counting those 18 days is Buda Baker and his agent which brings me our to question number three I thought we'd have resolution to this by now I guess we don't Will Buda Baker, and you just wrote about this, Howard, on gophnx.com. Go check it out. Will the All-Pro Safety receive a new contract either before training camp or at the very start? And, and Howard, this has been a point of contention with Cardinal fans. They love Buda. They want him around. The Cardinals have kind of low-key announced they picked up his option for 2024, yet he wants to be compensated. I would imagine he wants some more guaranteed money associated to this year and next year. You've got your finger on the pulse of the all-pro number three safety for Arizona. Do you think he gets paid between now and July 25th? I'm going to go on a limb and say he will be. I'll be interested to see what the structure is. And I think with this, with Buddha, it's as much about the commitment that the team will make to him beyond 
the next two years of the contract, as opposed to how much money is in there. You know, his agent said last week when when he told, uh, you know, Mike Garofolo of NFL Network that he wants what's fair. But he also had said earlier, you know, that Buddha wants to play with a contender. And I think if he's okay with playing in this rebuild, he yeah. wants to he wants to feel that he will be around when it starts to get good again. And when will that be? Um, you know, may you know you hope for progress. They they could be at least more competitive next year than they are this year. But realistically, if this team is going to be competitive again in terms of a playoff spot, it might not be until twenty twenty five. Yeah, think he wants them to commit that he, that he's going to be a part of it. And I think the way to do that is like you said, you know. Turn some of this money into guaranteed money. The first year, th- this season is guaranteed when he's on the opening day roster. So yeah. guarantee some of the second year, put that in a signing bonus, then add a couple of years to it. And the, the hangup might be if you get if the team would guarantee any of that money in, in 2025 and 2026. But right now he's in the ballpark with all the top pay. He's not that far off from some of the higher paid safeties in the league. But I, th- I think this is about the team showing that he truly is a part of this building project and that it's not just going to be, Oh, he'll be here for a couple of years. We want him in the locker room. We want this. And then after two years, they say, okay, it's time to separate. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know that he would want to be a free agent in, in two years when he's you know close to turning 30 years old. So I think, yeah. I think that's, that's what the issue is about more than just pure money. Always money is a component in it, but I think all of that, is he, he wants to? I mean, hey, we heard we heard Monty Osafor say it on the day that he was hired that Buda Baker is the type of player that we want in the, on this team and in this locker room. So he's just saying, okay, well, show me that, prove right. that, and I think that's what it's all about. Then you got to negotiate the numbers and how they work. So I believe he will be there. You know, maybe it's early in camp. I mean, there's not a whole lot that's done the first week anyway. Yeah, you can't be in pads for almost a week, and so. But you still would like him to be there. And I think one thing it does is it sends a message to, to the rest of this team that has made up a lot of young guys and a lot of players that were signed in the offseason on one- or two-year contracts that you want to send a message that, hey, you, you do what Buda Baker. It doesn't mean you have to be as good as Buda Baker. But you be one of the guys we count on, and we're going to take care of you when the time comes. And, and I'll tell you, you know, the interesting thing, Johnny, I was looking at this the other day. In 2025, there are 28 players on the on the Cardinals under contract. 28. Ten of them are rookie free agents. Yes. Because they signed three year deals. Yeah. The main Maybe. guys in terms of quote true veterans, there's only three that are under contract in 2025, and that's DJ Humphreys, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Thompson. That's it. That is it. So why not put Buda Baker in that group of players? Yeah, I'm with you. And we've we've talked about this at nauseum. Like the Cardinals are are set up to have 75, maybe a hundred million dollars in cap space next spring. I mean, you look at the Chicago Bears, this is an argument I've made, Howard. You don't need that much money. And if you have that much money into a single offseason, you end up overpaying players from other teams that don't don't worth that money, aren't worth that money. And Buda Baker has been the stalwart and the constant professional. I'll put my Homer hat on for a second. I, I think both parties are in the right here because I obviously Buda Baker deserves to be paid. Give him additional guarantees. I mean, the Cardinals and Steve Keim, they were screwing around paying Adrian Wilson in his early 30s, right? Where his abilities had kind of fallen off. I think they they cut Adrian Wilson when he was like 32 years old and he had a you know a cup of coffee with the Patriots. That was it. Buda Baker's probably thinking, you know, I'm I'm in my prime still. I've made a Pro Bowl every year. I have a Hall of Fame trajectory, and that's not a knock on A-Dub. He's probably thinking, I want to be in that same class. How do I enter the Fitzgerald, Adrian Wilson class? And I think he's knocking on the door. But at the same time, and we saw it firsthand, Howard. We talked about it last year. Steve Kime made so many egregious decisions by bending the knee to players holding in during training camp because he didn't build quality depth. He couldn't challenge DJ Humphreys to say, no, 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 DJ, you, you signed a contract. This is how much we're going to pay you. Same thing with like a Marcus Golden. I love Marcus Golden. They rewarded guys who held in last year. And I'm sure Buda Baker sat back and said, well, wait a minute. I'm the best player on the team, pound for pound, right? I, alongside Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, were the faces of the Arizona Cardinals. Two of those guys have a bunch of guaranteed money coming their way. And then there's me playing through injury, right? We saw after Mexico City, we thought it'd be done. He came back the next week. I want to be compensated. I just think it's the wrong time. Right after Austin Ford gets hired, reportedly Buddha and his agents say, we want more money. 
it I, I do think it, it's going to get done, but I don't behoove Austin Ford for digging his heels in. He's taken, and you've seen it firsthand, Howard, a very disciplined approach to this offseason that I think is going to lend well to sustain success eventually for this franchise. No, I think you're 100% right on that. And and I think, though, that the situation, you know, with Baker is, you know, say with DeAndre Hopkins, you know, for example. Yeah, they, they would always say, well, yeah, you know, he'll be around or he'll do this. But they never came out and said, he's the type of guy we want in the locker room. And he, he he's a guy that is the epitome of what you want an NFL player to be. And that's that's what they've said about Buda Baker. And a bad look would be, I mean, if he's going to get the deal anyway at some point, you have to believe that to be the case, then get it done. Get it done in, tra- in, in training camp so Buda Baker doesn't become a Holden. And you mentioned Golden. I mean, Golden didn't get that much money. No. It wasn't like all of a sudden they broke the bank on him, but he had an excellent year the year before. He was just looking for a little more guaranteed. They ended up giving it to him, but it took him a while to get it done. My my criticism would have been more, why did it take, why did it take that long? Right. E.J. Humphrey's got the new deal about a week into camp. Well, why couldn't you get it done a week earlier? I mean, just just get these things done and and don't and don't pitter around with it. And I know I realize it takes two sides to make a deal, and you just don't capitulate and give everything uh, to the player uh, that they want. But you just put some urgency on it, put some you know put some commitment and importance to it, and just and just get it done. And I I think they my sense is they'll get it done with Buddha. I might end up being wrong uh, about that, but I also don't think that they want to hold in at the start of camp, which is what it could end up being if they're, unless the only thing I would say to that is, you know, unless they're really close and it's just a matter of finalizing some things, then perhaps he would end up and decide to practice anyway. But if you're still a ways away in terms of narrowing the gap, that, that, that's something that you just don't want at the start of a start of a training camp with a new head coach and new staff and, and a new general manager. Yeah, Ben Cork in the chat. You know me so well, my friend. Nostradamus, we move from one safety to another. He says, keep the streak alive, Johnny. Question three, what are we doing with Isaiah Simmons? You were one question off because it's question number four. What's Jonathan Gannon's plans for Isaiah Simmons? He is a polarizing player, that being Simmons, the former eighth overall pick for the Arizona Cardinals. Listen, he's not my cup of tea, right? We had John Costco on from Pro Football Focus earlier this week. He's a tweener. He's an in-between player. He does a lot of things well, but nothing great, and certainly, Howard, nothing that warranted a top-10 pick now in hindsight. What do you believe, based on your time there at at OTAs and minicamp this offseason? We know now, Isaiah, he's a full-time defensive back. But what's that going to look like, and is there a path, in your opinion, for Isaiah Simmons to stick around with this franchise post-2023? That's that's really the, the the crucial question there, because I think that when you have a guy like him who's his his role, I don't think and answer the first part of it as I get to the second part, his role is not going to be, I don't think, all that much different than it was last year under Vance Joseph, where, you know, most of his practice time was spent uh, with the with the safeties. And then, you know, he played, you know, different different places, which so I, I think the real key to it is that the defense finds a way to utilize him better and it opens up the opportunity for him to make more of those game changing plays. And that will be the key in terms of whether they can get him signed because he'll be an unrestricted free agent. And if he's listed as a safety, then if you wanted to franchise him, that's not a high number. Right. You do that and not, you know, not commit yourself to a tremendous amount of money. You just have to, you just have to decide if he is worth that. And that will be determined by what he does on the field on a consistent basis. And so that's the question. But I, I think the key is, in a new defense, will will they be able to take advantage and have him in those spots where he can make uh, those plays? And so, you know, we look, we think of safety and we think of a guy in the back end, but he can end up being in the slot. He can still come up, you know, as a kind of a quasi-safety linebacker in the run game. And just let him loose. Just let him go out there and play without thinking too much. And I think that will be the key to getting the most out of him. Whatever he does, I don't know that if he became an unrestricted free agent that he's all of a sudden going to command a huge contract. It's just the nature of of the position uh, that he plays. But he can still get some pretty good money. And if he performs for the Cardinals this year, then I think there could be a decent chance that they would get him back, but it might not be before free agency starts. And we all know free agency starts 
then all bets are off in terms of what happens with a guy. Yeah, I just I feel like there needs to be a lot of reconciliation between the two parties between now and the end of the year. I think a lot of things have to go well because, I mean, if the Cardinals struggle and Isaiah Simmons has a great year and they don't offer him the most money, well, of course he's going to leave. I think it would take an extenuating circumstance, Howard, where he and Jonathan Gannon really hit it off, which I'm rooting for. I have no inside information on this, but I, I, I just right now, Isaiah Simmons in their base package defensively is not a starter. He's a, he's a backup. He's a subset player. Um, you know, we compared him to, I think, a, a slot corner for Philadelphia whose name escapes me that played like 70% of the snaps for Philly, which is great. But, like, I, I do think the Cardinals' best version of their defense includes Isaiah Simmons wherever he is. It, it does feel like that there's there's a lot of animosity there. You know, the Hassan Reddick situation rings true when he made a, a position switch. He has a career year at a premium position. The Cardinals let him test free agency. I mean, a lot of people are already poised to compare this to Reddick and then Simmons because they see the ability, I think even more so than Reddick, with Isaiah Simmons. And they're like, no, 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 we can't let him walk. Do you think there's any similarities there between the two players? Well, in, in that respect, yeah. In terms of letting him walk, but of course, one of the differences is Reddick obviously had a great year, sacks, yeah, and that it, it helped him. But he he didn't get a big deal. I mean, he only signed a one year deal with Carolina after he became you know right. a free agent, and so he I think at that point he probably wanted to move on. So you know, the key becomes how many you know can Isaiah Simmons get interceptions? Can he get sacks? I think the guy you were talking about, Philly, it might be Avante Maddox. Was that the guy? Um, but you know, I think that yes, it's, a, yes. it's a matter of in, in position to be able, you know, to make those plays. And, and so and, and it'll be, it will be interesting in terms of how many, what percentage of the snaps, you know, does he, you know, does he get? I mean, this team isn't that deep in the secondary. So we'll, we'll see how it all, you know, plays out there. And they can still find ways to get them on the field a lot more maybe than 75%. But that, that's, that's going to be a very interesting one to watch, you know, throughout, throughout the season. And it's up to him to prove it, obviously. Right. I mean, and, it, and it's as much, aside from Gannon, it's, it's, it's the defensive coaches. Is, is will this system be the one that really gets the most out of Isaiah Simmons? Good comments here. Keep them coming in the chat. Uh, Jose saying it's a good business to pay Buddha. I agree with that. He's dedicated his life to the Cardinals and has also helped multiple picks improve their game over the years, draft picks. And I think that goes without saying, it's just like the, the impression he has on young players, Howard, I think is, is you can't put a price on it. It's very Fitzgerald, Adrian Wilson esque, and you want to keep those guys in the locker room. It is funny though. I mean, for a team that's projected to have all due respect with our friends at bed MGM and other sports books, the lowest win total in the NFL they have a lot of polarizing players. Kyler Murray, right? Buddha wants to trade. Will he get paid? Isaiah Simmons is a polarizing player. It, it, they may not win a ton of games this year, Howard, but the story, this team is not boring. I mean, you look at Houston last year, which everybody pegged as the worst team, and they were almost the worst team in the NFL. Picked second overall. The Cardinals have infinitely more, let's call them star slash polarizing players than that Houston team did last year. Well, you know, I think it's how you, def how you define polarizing. And that certainly there are guys, you know, with issues that, you know, we've been talking about, but it's up to Gannon and what they're trying to build there where it doesn't become polarizing. It doesn't right. mean that everybody's always on the same page all the time. By all indications, you know, everything that's been said about Kyler Murray has been positive. And the things that have been said about the other guys are too. So that, that's up to more Gannon than anything and the way he's running this team to keep anything from becoming the polarizing and just having everybody on the same page and having the leaders in the locker room, which there aren't as many of as there were and, and having those guys, you know, keeping everybody on the same page. So at least even if they're not winning a lot of games, at least they're out there and just, you know, playing as good football as possible and at least having a chance to win some games. And that's, that's what's going to make this. I'll tell you, I, I think about this a lot, Johnny. I think this is going to be for a team that I've covered closely Perhaps one of the strangest seasons that I, I've ever I can ever remember going into, yeah. just wondering what it's truly going to look like because of all the you know we're doing five questions here and it could have been easily been ten, yeah, and and, and because there are so many of them that uh, will will de will de will determine what this team does in twenty twenty three. 
Yeah, and a lot of that's going to be predicated on the influx of new players for the Arizona Cardinals. We're excited about a new partner here at PHNX. It's Wink, a seltzer with a wink of THC. Get it? It's it's a wink of THC. How high will it get you? Well, that you be the judge. Perfect THC CBD balance because there's a, an equal dose of CBD. CBD is like THC's laid-back friend who keeps the party going off the rails. It's good responsible, balanced, light, social, right. No third-party producers. Wink is made in-house. It's available in 11 states, including Arizona, and we are ready to lift off. Check out wink.com, W-H-N-K, and countdowndrink.com to utilize Drink Finder to locate one near you. You can also uh, order directly online, Wink only, and only 2.5 milligrams or MG can. So uh, check out Wink. We're so excited to have them on board. And another partner that we couldn't be more excited, you guys know them, Circle K. They're a stable in premium convenience. They've got gas at not a premium price. Also, coffee, beer, snack selection. I filled up for my drive from the East Valley out here to BetMGM. Nice little drive. I did it with my friends at Circle K. Speaking in Circle K right now, you can join their SMS subscriber club. If you're thinking, well, Johnny, what is that? It's an exclusive club. I'm going to invite you to join. All you got to do, bust out your smartphone, text 31310 PHNX to 31310 to join the SMS subscriber club. Get a buy one, get one free, not 16, not 24, a 32 ounce polar pop. We want to keep you hydrated in this Arizona heat. I think it reached what, like 115 yesterday. I go the unsweetened iced tea route. Double dose the polar pop, 32 ounce. Check out circlek.com slash store dash locator to find a Circle K nearest to you. Excited about Wink, excited about Circle K, and excited about some breakout prospects, players for the Arizona Cardinals. The last question I'm posing to Howard Balzer here on a football Friday from BetMGM. Who is posed poised for the Arizona Cardinals to break out during training camp? Howard, we see it every single year. It's Honey Badger, right? It's Tyron Matthew. One year it was Kyler Murray. We had Rondell Moore have a hell of a training camp two years ago. He was a buzz, right? Is there a player or players that you're watching during the 2023 training camp for this franchise that you could say, yeah, the Cardinals might struggle, but him, he's going to pop for this team this year? I I see a few guys that could possibly do that. And you mentioned Rondell Moore. You know, he is one that I would say certainly has has the ability to do it. The question is, he's – the problem is he has to stay on the field. Yeah. And that's one thing that he hasn't been able to do. Last year, there was a lot of things that they were ready to do with him when the season began, especially after the departure of Christian Kirk. And then what happens? He got hurt in the, in the practice Thursday before the season opener and ended up, what, I think playing only eight games. So I think he's a guy uh, that, that could do that. Well, one, one guy, and this might surprise some people that I have my eye on, is, is Christian Matthew. Okay. You know, he started getting some time at the end of last year, the rookie corner, late round pick, and he was getting he was he was running with the first unit, you know, quite a bit during OTAs and minicamp. Now, sometimes that doesn't mean anything, but what it does tell me is that the coaches have seen something in him that they feel worthy of developing. And we know there's some questions at cornerback now. I mean, who are going to be the guys? And you know, certainly you know one's going to be uh, Marco Wilson. But then after that, who is it? Is it Antonio Hamilton Sr.? Uh, you know, still questions about, um, you know, Garrett Williams yeah. in terms of his health because he wasn't able, you know, he had the knee injury last year in college and he wasn't able to do anything uh, on the field during minicamp and OTAs. But he is a guy, if he's healthy, that could certainly, you know, do that. So, you know, those, those are a few guys, you know, that, that I think there. And then, then a guy we talked about, that's been talked about a lot, I know you guys talked about him a lot, was Michael Wilson. Yeah. And he, he, he could be one of the keys. I mean, when you have three receivers, the three returning receivers of, you know, of, of Brown and Dorch and, and Moore, they're all five foot nine or shorter. Yeah. And so where do you get the height from? Well, you get it from, you know, from Michael, Michael Wilson. You can also get it from Zach Paschal. And I think those two guys could have an impact uh, on, on the offense. So I think, I think those are a few guys that we could see uh, break out. And, and do a nice job in training camp that maybe I know some of them we talked about, but, but Matthew is really one, like I said, that caught my eye during the off season because of the time he was on the field and you know, they're going to play a lot of, a lot of corners. And, and most of the time, you know, three corners are technically starters 
in, in this league because you're in pass defense right often. But it certainly looks like you know he, he's a guy that if he shows he can do it consistently on the field that that might play a whole lot more than he did last season as a rookie. My guy Blake Bloodworth in the chat. I'll drink a wing for every Cardinals win this season. Well, I hope you get to drink many then. <laughs> That's a dicey proposition here. Uh, Wavy E saying Michael Wilson, his breakout candidate. I want to believe the Michael Wilson hype, right? But I got to see him stay healthy. But I do think if he stays healthy, he's got the measurables and the ability to, to, to play and to crack the lineup. We've talked about it at nauseum, Howard, that Cleveland's offense under Drew Petzing and company last year did not sport a wide receiver under six feet. And I think that bodes well for Michael Wilson. I also think that bodes well for Trey McBride. Trey McBride, I think by default, is going to be my breakout candidate number one, two, three this year, just because I know the offense is going to be run heavy, play action, and they want to feature the tight end like David Njoku in Cleveland last year. Trey McBride, I think, is the unquestioned number one tight end, especially with, with Zach Ertz coming back from injury. And he, I think he shined last year. He got open despite, let's say, an uneven offense with backup quarterbacks. I think he's going to get targets. Is he going to be Gronk? Is he going to be the best tight end in football? Probably not. But I think he's such a plus receiver in conjunction with the amount of targets he's going to get. I think just kind of by default, Howard, Trey McBride is set up, barring just a horrific season by the Cardinal quarterbacks to get like five, 600 yards receiving. Am I wrong? Oh, no, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think that's a good call. And, you know, you know er- Ertz was running pretty well, and he, w- he was pointing towards trying to be ready at the start of training camp. Don't know if that'll actually happen. Yeah. But, you know, he's, he, he's, re- he was, he's really, he was really working hard to get back on the field. But even if he does, I mean, you're going you're gonna to need, I, I think you're going to need McBride, you know, quite a bit. And, I, and so I think that, you know, that becomes a safety valve uh, for the quarterbacks, especially, you know, in this offense. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, he showed a lot of progress last year. He was a lot better in the last part of the season than he was in the beginning, uh, learning what it is to be a pro and learning the offense. Now, obviously, another new offense, so he has to be comfortable in that. But in that respect, he's no different than anybody else. You know, you know, everybody's, you know, you always talk about rookies learning a new offense. Well, this year, everybody is learning right. a new offense, whether you're a rookie, whether obviously guys who signed from other teams as veterans, and then, of course, the returning veterans. They're, they're all learning something new on both offense and defense. So that's, you know, that's, that's going to be a, a tremendous, it's a great learning process, you know, for everyone, but you, you want guys that are able to be on the field and just go out there and just play and not be thinking. And I think, you know, like you said, McBride made that progress. And I think we'll, con- we'll continue to see that uh, during this season. And I, and, and I remember last year at this time, everybody was just scratching their heads and saying, why did they draft Trey McBride? What, what are they doing? Why? And I always thought it was still it was a pretty good move because yeah. it hurts his age, and yeah. you need depth at that position. And and now it, it could turn out to be you know one of the better picks that the Cardinals made last season. Yeah, they're due for to hit on a, on a tight end. They're due to hit on a wide receiver. Reese and the Johnson, Michael Wilson equals game changer. We hope so. He he certainly looks the part in shorts. Can he do it padded up? And and can he stay healthy? That's the big question. The last question, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put an asterisk on this. We did our top five, but I'm going to talk to Howard Balzer about B.J. Ojolari's status here in a second. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends at Octane Raceway and Maverick, one of our favorite spots here in the Valley. If you're looking for some summer fun, the kids are out of school, what do you want to do? Check out Octane Raceway. They've got a kids-free bowling program. Grow the game. Children 15 or under are eligible for not one, but two free games a day. So you just want to get out of the house and and hang out in some air conditioning. Go do that. Octane Raceway and Maverick, they're more than that. Book some summer fun. uh, Cart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, as I mentioned. They've got arcades, great food, great drink, tons of options. OctaneRaceway.com, Maverick.com, a staple here in the Valley, as is GoPHNX.com. There is no better time to read up on the workings of my many talented peers, including this man, Howard Balzer. Become a diehard. 90% of the good stuff at GoPHNX.com is for free. That sweet 10%. You got to become a diehard. Get all the content ahead of training camp. Load up. Pick up a free hat and or shirt from the PHNX Merchandise Locker every single year you're a diehard. It's not a one-off. Every single year you're partying with us, you're hanging with us in the Discord, get some free merch. And speaking of merch, 20% off indefinitely from the Merchandise Locker on top of the deals. We're stacking promo codes. We're loading up your closets. We've got some 
a, a ton of fun right now. We've got our PHNX Suns crew out in Vegas, load up on gear and coverage from Gerald and Company. The Coyotes crew just wrapped up a tremendous NHL draft coverage. I just read, Sean, can you confirm this? Corbin Carroll's playing tonight. Diamondbacks are back, right? And in the mix for the NOS. No better time to be a diehard at gophnx.com. Howard Balzer, last question for you. When does B.J. Ojolari sign his contract? Is this simply we're waiting for other dominoes to fall, or is this something specific to the former LSU product? No, it's nothing specific at all. This has been a trend in recent years. I wrote about this a couple weeks ago where second-round picks take longer to sign. And the, the basic reason, without getting too far into the numbers weeds, is that with the, with the way contracts are slotted, the total dollars, everyone knows what they're going to be. But what's happened with second round picks is that they get they end up getting some guaranteed money in their base salaries that other players in other rounds from the third round on don't get. First round picks, the whole the whole contract is total guaranteed. You know, right now, Johnny, in the league, there have there's only seven unsigned first round picks, but there's 13 unsigned in the second round. Wow. And most, and most of them have been. The, the one guy in front of Ojolari, yeah, he's picked in the, in the second round, Isaiah Foskey, the defensive end from the Saints. He starts a string that from the 40th overall pick to 52. So that's 13 players. Wow. Only two of them have signed. And agents talk to each other. And no agent wants to sign his guy to a deal that isn't as good as the, you know, the player behind him or play, whatever it might be. And so they wait on each other for these deals to get done. And then what happened this year – is that in the past, like last year, for example, a lot of the higher second-round picks got two, two, two years of base salary guaranteed, and, and, and then a few of them got partial guarantees in the third year. Then this year, an agent guaranteed the sixth overall, uh, the, the sixth pick in the second round, Derek Hall, a linebacker from the Seahawks, he got three years guaranteed and plus some guaranteed money in the fourth year. And so – that all of a sudden started getting a whole bunch of guys around him signed. Yeah. But then the guaranteed money in the fourth year went away for like around the, I think the eighth pick. And so now the ninth isn't signed, the 10th isn't signed. And so everybody's waiting for each guy. And the agent for Ojolari doesn't want to sign a deal until he sees what the number nine guy got in terms of guaranteed money. So that's what this is all about. I'm sure a lot of them will start falling in the next couple of weeks we saw one fall the other day when Miami signed its uh, second-round pick, Cam Smith, who was 51 overall, and Ojolari is 41. So I think we're going to start, start seeing it. Will it all be done in time for the opening opening of camp? Hopefully. But if it's in the first few days, it's not going to have that much of an impact. But it'll all get done. They'll all get done. And then we won't have to talk about it anymore. And he'll be able to get on the field and start – do the things that the Cardinals are hoping and expecting that he will be able to do as a rookie. Yeah, we're excited. Training camp 18 days away. We need to get BJ, Buddha, everybody on the field. Give the Cardinals their best chance this season. Our best chance is with our guy, PHNX Cardinals beat reporter Howard Balzer. Howard, thanks so much for stopping by today. My pleasure, Johnny. Take care. Take care, my friend. Like and subscribe. Had a banner day here at BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. Again, we're here every single football Sunday this fall. This is just the appetizer. If you're around, come hang out tonight. We've got the Cornhole League beginning at 7 p.m. In the meantime, like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Johnny Venerable, we'll see you on Monday.